You're listening to the podcast of Real Life Church. We love, we live, we relate. Thanks, Stuart. Just always such a delight and a real pleasure and a privilege uh, to be able to bring the word of the Lord. And I really this morning. Can you up the volume, please? Can you up the volume? This this morning is uh, like an exhortation to us. And that word exhortation means to, to strongly urge or strongly encourage. And I've been strongly encouraged by the Lord over the last probably three, four weeks or so on the the two things that I really want to speak about this morning and just sort of tie them together. And those two things are prayer and love. And so I'm going to read just two portions of scripture and then uh, just chat around those those two things a little. So if you want to open your Bibles up to Luke chapter number 18, I'm going to be reading out of the Passion Translation this morning, uh, predominantly. And so we know in Matthew chapter number six, uh, Jesus teaches the apostles on how to pray and we know that prayer well you know our father who art in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread you know lead us not into temptation deliver us from evil Uh, you know forgive us as we forgive others for yours is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever amen and that's the prayer that jesus taught the apostles when they just um, were around him for those years and, and watched his life, the, one of the most fundamental things they asked him about was teach us how to pray. And so I'm not going to look at that prayer this morning, but this one kind of follows on from that in Luke chapter number 18. And it says, yeah, one day Jesus again taught the apostles to keep praying and never stop or lose hope. He shared with them this illustration In a certain town, there was a civil judge, a thick-skinned and godless man who had no fear of others' opinions. And there was a poor widow in that town who kept pleading with the judge, grant me justice and protect me against my oppressor. And he ignored her pleas for quite some time, but she kept asking. Eventually, he said to himself, this widow keeps annoying me, demanding her rights, and I'm tired of listening to her. Even though I'm not a religious man and don't care about the opinions of others, I'll just get her off my back by answering her claims for justice and I'll rule in her favor. Then she'll leave me alone. The Lord continued. Did you hear what the ungodly judge said? That he would answer her persistent requests. Don't you know that God, the true judge, will grant justice to all of his chosen ones who cry out to him night and day, he will pour out his spirit upon them. He will not delay to answer them and give you what you ask for. God will give swift justice to those who don't give up. So be ever praying, ever expecting, just like the widow was with the judge. Yet when the son of man comes back, will he find this kind of persistent faithfulness in his people? And if you want to just flip over quickly to that very well-known portion of scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. And the heading in the Passion Translation is love, the motivation of our lives. 
So reading from verse one, it says, if I, if I were to speak with the eloquence of earth's many languages and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I didn't express myself with love, my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. And if I were to have the gift of prophecy with the profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed unending and supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains, but have never learned to love, then I am nothing. And if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I owned to feed the poor and to offer my body to be burned as a martyr without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. And then the Holy Spirit sums up what love really is in this, in this, these next couple of verses. He says, love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to others. It refuses to be jealous when blessings come to someone else. Love does not brag about one's own achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. It extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which eventually fades away. It is more enduring than tongues. And basically, Paul then goes on to this explanation. You know, he speaks about the gifts. Actually, in the chapter before this, he speaks about the bride, the body of Christ, and just the different giftings. And chapter 14, he encourages us and exhorts, exhorts the church to be enthusiastic and passionate about spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. But he says these gifts that we are to uh, cry out for and be enthusiastic and passionate about will eventually fade away. But love extends beyond that and never fades away. And then he goes on to, to end off that, that chapter in chapter number 13. In verse 13, it says, the, there are three things that remain, faith, hope, and love, yet love surpasses them all. So above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. I just, I found just the way it says that in the passion, so pow powerful. So above all else, above all our desiring spiritual gifts, above all, you know, healing and supernatural ministry and signs and wonders and miracles and prophecies and tongues, above all of those things, as, as important as they are and as passionate uh, that we should be about them and need them. I mean, You'll know if you step out over the chicken line and painting our city red, you'll know going to hospitals or in your workplace or wherever you go, how important the gifts are and how much we need them in order to, to minister to others. But Paul says, above all of this, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. And so I just want to talk around those two things uh, this morning. As I say, it's just been something the Lord's really just been exhorting me about and i want to exhort us as real life church this morning i want to strongly urge and encourage us to keep on praying and to never stop and to never lose hope 
And the reason we can do that is because of the power of prayer. Because when we pray, whether it's individually as families, whether it's corporately, when we call corporate pray together, there is so much power in unity and there's so much power in us coming together. And even when we're praying alone, that the reason we never lose hope is because we have a loving father and Jesus in Holy Spirit who hear us and who answer and want to answer our prayers. And, and we owe it to the Lord. We owe it to ourselves, to our families, to the church, to our businesses, to our city, the hospitals, the communities we work in. We owe it to our nation. We owe it to government to have our prayers answered. And for God to pour out his spirit upon us. Paul carries on writing here and he says, there was a poor widow in that town who kept on pleading with the judge. Further on, he says, she kept on asking. She, she was annoying and demanding. She was persistent in her requests. And as an answer to that, and her crying out night and day, God poured out his spirit upon her and upon them. And he says, yeah, and he will not delay to answer and give you and give me and give us what we ask for. And the key out of this whole thing for me was where it says, yeah, she kept pleading. She kept asking. She kept demanding. She was persistent in her requests and she cried out night and day. And it just reminded me when I read that night and day about Isaiah 62, where it says, yeah, I've posted watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They will never be silent night or day. It uses that same phrase. You call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes her praise in the earth. And I just want to exhort, strongly exhort and encourage us. Uh, I think it was about three weeks ago when this unrest started happening around our nation in KwaZulu-Natal in Johannesburg with all the looting and all the violence and all the crime. And I know we all raised up and we came together. We called a corporate prayer meeting. There was probably 30 or 35 of us on there praying and praying and, you know, praying for our country, praying for families. Um, and it was at that time, I just kind of felt like God was stirring us as the church, stirring us individually again to rise up in prayer. And I want to exhort and encourage us. Let's not lose that. Let's not let that dwindle. Let's not, when we call corporate prayer meetings, let's all come on. Let's keep praying individually. Let's keep praying as families. Let's keep praying as the church. I kind of feel like when there's crises, we rise up in prayer and we, we there and we gung ho and we pray. And then two, three weeks down the road, when things seem to settle in our nation, our prayer life kind of seems to dwindle. But the encouragement here is if we are to be a people God pours out his spirit upon and God answers prayers. We need to be a people of night and day prayer, not just praying where there's a crisis. And so that is, that is what I feel the part of the exhortation from the Holy Spirit is to us as, as the church uh, of real life and the church in our city is to keep asking, keep pleading, keep on pouring out our persistent requests night and day. He ends up saying, yeah, so be ever praying, ever expecting, just like the widow was with the judge. And yet when Jesus comes back, will he find this kind of persistent faithfulness in his people? And I really have been stirred. Um, 
I do consider myself, like Paul says, you know, actually pray without ceasing. And I know we all kind of do that. Even when we're driving our kids to, to school, when we're going to work, as we're going about our day, I know we pray in tongues. We, we kind of, as things come up in our, even while we're cooking or whatever we're doing around the garden, what, whatever we're doing, I know we, we pray. But I kind of just feel like God's saying, we just need to up the ante with our prayer life. And I just felt over the last three weeks, I just, as I was searching my own heart and as I felt Holy Spirit strongly urging and encouraged me just to take it up a notch. And I realized even in my own life that my prayer had dwindled. And uh, so I'm strongly encouraging each one of us. Let's, let's be ever praying uh, night and day. Jesus ends up speaking to the apostles here and he says to them, will I find this kind of persistent faithfulness in my people? And I just want to encourage us with that. When the Lord comes back, will he find us? Will we be real life church? Will it be us that Jesus comes back? As she's been so just powerfully and amazingly been opening up the book of Revelation to us. When Jesus comes back, will he say of real life church, like he said of things over each of those churches? Will he serve us? When I came back, I found this kind of faith and faithfulness, this kind of persistent faithfulness and prayer in my people in, in real life church. And so that's, that's the one sort of area I want to do to focus on this morning. And, and he also says, yeah, be ever praying, but be ever expecting. And that is the hope we have that Ellie alluded to as she was praying for me this morning. The reason we are people of hope is because we are people of expectation, because we know that our prayers don't hit the ceiling. We know that when we pray passionately, because he's our good father and he wants to answer our prayers, like it says here, he will not delay to answer and give you what you ask for. So we can be a people of hope in our own lives, no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the situations, and we can bring that same hope to those around us, because we know we have a God who hears our prayers and who is quick and wants to answer our prayers, who doesn't delay to answer our prayers. But I want to just encourage us, let's be expectant when we pray that God will answer our prayers. Let's, you know, even in our, in our nation at the moment, um, as was alluded to just so powerfully this morning when Henny was praying about South Africa, you know, it's, it's the unrest may have settled, the looting may have settled, but there's still, I know we spoke about this last year, and I thought it was really profound. And I feel like it's something that Holy Spirit's highlighting again. We spoke about ourselves as being, um, uh, what was the word? Recovering racists. Yeah. And there's been so much racism that's, that's just arisen again in our nation through this whole looting. You know, it's been us and them. And yeah. even at the moment in Phoenix, yeah. uh, between the, the Indian community and just certain political parties. And mm -hmm. just there's just, again, so much racism that's come up. And we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to this generation. We owe it to the future generations of our nation. We owe it to the world to be a South African people of love and harmony and loving one another. And so let's be praying for our nation. There's, there's, you know, it, it really, it may on the surface seem like things are fine, but it really always does come back to the hard issue. Yeah. And um, 
you know, when we go to the hospitals, wherever we are, let's be people of expectation. I've, Stu alluded to this this morning as well. I think Thursday night for me was probably, I don't know, in the year or so that we've been going to the hospitals was probably, for we, one of the most powerful evenings. Um, and I just really want to thank everybody that came out to that. We were quite a biggish group. I think it was about 12 of us. And uh, also just to, to Emil and Ash for, for leading us in worship. It really was incredibly powerful. I think we had gone for about, um, what actually happened was Ash opened up the evening at Mill Park Hospital. And she kind of alluded to, she was just praying over the mic over the hospital. And she alluded to um, the, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And she was just saying, you know, all the, 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 the miracles Jesus did in the Bible, he can do again and he's going to do tonight. And that just opened up something in the, in the atmosphere over the hospital. And we'd probably been worshiping and praying for about an hour. And I actually sidled up to Ash. It was seven o'clock. I said to her, um, you can end any time now expecting us to, to actually finish. And then Emil just started singing. And my goodness, I actually said to Emil this morning that we've actually fired him from being the sound guy. No, 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 no. He just added the people you. Johan, I'm sorry to say, but but uh, you're going to have to get another sound guy. Emil started singing. And my goodness, uh, I didn't realize he had such an angelic, incredible voice. And it actually was like antiphonal singing, like happened in the Psalms, you know, in David's tabernacle, like Emil would sing and it was just prophetic and spontaneous. And then he would stop and Ash would sing and then she would stop and he would sing. And this carried on for about another 40 minutes. And it was actually during that time, I've only probably in 25 years had two really, really powerful encounters with an angel. And I don't see angels often at all. I've had two, probably two significant encounters but on Thursday night I just um it wasn't so much that it was a powerful encounter but I saw an angel being released over that hospital and I saw an angel on the on the roof of the hospital and he had like the sword in his in his hands and on the sword was written faith and it's actually had prophesied earlier about Jesus you can do it again I just felt God had released this angel to release faith in the hospital and over all the people that were being prayed for, over all the people that were being sung over and prophesied that God had sent this angel also to just work with us, like it says in the book of Hebrews, as they come to serve us and to work with us and to release faith into the staff, release faith into the hospital, and just to bring hope and encouragement. And a lady walked out to come take a smoke break. She was carrying a little bag. I think she had an IV drip. She came out in her gown, and the next minute I saw Stuart rushed off to her. I think it was Jane that went to go and pray for her, and it was just, there was so much faith and hope released in the atmosphere through the prayer and just the prophecy and the praying. So really, really just a, a powerful, powerful evening. So I want to encourage us. Let's be expectant when we go and serve our communities that God is moving and doing miracles and incredible things. And then just to pick up a little bit on what I spoke about love, although love does encompass all of this, um, it just, uh, it kind of blows my mind when Paul writes and he says, if I was to speak with the eloquence of earth's many languages and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet don't express myself with love, my words would be reduced to hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging symbol. If I had the gift of prophecy, profound understanding if i if i knew all the hidden secrets 
all the supernatural knowledge and the greatest gifts of faith to move mountains, but never learn to love, then I'm nothing. If I was to be so generous and to give away everything I own to feed the poor, which is what we do as a church, and to offer my body to be burned as a martyr without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. I am about two weeks ago uh, on one of the WhatsApp groups that I'm on, a little, just a little thing came up in the morning and it, it said this on the WhatsApp group. It said there, at the end of the day, the only questions I will ask myself are, did I love enough? <laughs> did I laugh enough? And did I make a difference in this world? And it kind of, it kind of hit me quite, <laughs> quite square in the face. And at the time, I just remembered about the prophet Bob Jones, who, who many of you may know, uh, just an amazing prophet in America who's gone to be with the Lord. And he, he died at one point and he, he actually, the Lord took him to heaven. And uh, God said to him something around, around these, these words that I'm not going to keep you here with me. He was dead physically. Um, on earth but obviously had gone up in his spirit into into heaven and god said to him i'm not going to keep you here i'm going to send you back to the earth because you haven't yet learned to love the way i want you to love and so he was basically um resurrected from the dead and lived i can't remember how many more years he lived, but he just went passionately after love. As it says here in Corinthians, above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. I am, um, yeah, I just want to give a, a big shout out to. Candace, I just want to thank her for loving me the way that she does. You know, we, we often get to be the ones on the forefront and we look good on Facebook. <laughs> Some of you more than the rest of us. <laughs> we get to look good on instagram and whatsapp yeah. just being out there in the communities and it's often our wives and candace ellie brachy and you know some of you who are sometimes busy like candace is was yesterday with josh doing homework i know she'd love to also be out there but she sacrifices and does that so that i can go out and Love on the communities and do the things that inspire me. And so just a shout out to you, babe. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, that really is love in action. Yeah. I kind of read these words. Um, if I were to be so generous to give away everything. I earn to feed the poor. And I just think of just the amazing doors God has opened up for us in the last two years in and around our city. 
But to be honest and vulnerable, as God's been just speaking to me again about this, just about him, because he is love. God is love. And how well do we love? Thank you. How well do we love? And I've really just had to take a, a look at my life again in the last three weeks. And I strongly exhort you to do the same in your life, you know, in your marriage, with your children, you know, your colleagues in work, our city, our nation. Uh, you know, it's amazing. I sometimes come back like, like yesterday from an incredible, incredible, just a profound couple of days of outreach and going into communities and loving on people. <laughs> And yet I sometimes still find myself stopping at a traffic light and like most of our traffic lights, there'll be somebody begging and finding myself getting sometimes frustrated, like, you know, like, but have you really tried to get a job? You know, like, <laughs> you know, there's so many of us, you know, uh, I'm working two days and I'm, it's a testimony on its own. We had to take salary cuts twice during this whole thing. I don't want to go into that now and just God miraculously and, through prophetic word, open up another source of income for me. So I'm working two jobs at the moment, six days a week. And I sometimes look at some of these guys begging and I find I've just poured out so much love and so much of my heart in a community, holding babies, hugging people, <laughs> which we shouldn't really be doing, but we can't help ourselves. And yet I still get so frustrated with somebody at the traffic light at times. And I read these words and it says, love <laughs> is large and incredibly patient. It's consistently kind. Does not inflate its own importance. Does not traffic in shame and disrespect. Not selfishly seek its own honor. Is not easily irritated. I sometimes still get so easily irritated with friends, with people, quick to take offense. How, how are we doing as a, as a family of believers? How are we doing on our offense level, especially with what's happening in light of our nation? Find no delight in wrong. How quick are we to forgive? <laughs> When our spouses, our children, our friends, family, colleagues, people in our cities and nation do wrong things. Love is a safe place of shelter. I was really exhorted and encouraged by somebody very close to me recently on this point. I don't always feel like you're a safe place of shelter. Love never stops believing the best. Love never takes failure as defeat. Love never gives up. Love never stops loving. And so I want to leave it with us there this morning. It's really just a, a quick half an hour or so exhortation to, to just say this is what God's been dealing with me over the last three to four weeks. And I just wanted to encourage us and exhort us as a family, keep praying, never stop praying and don't lose hope so that we have hope for ourselves and for those around us. Let's keep on pleading. 
with our Heavenly Father. Let's keep on asking. Let's keep on demanding. Let's keep on being persistent with our requests before the throne of grace. Night and day. Because our loving Heavenly Father and Jesus and Holy Spirit will not delay to answer us and to give us what we ask for. We owe it to ourselves. We owe it to him. We owe it to each other. We owe it to our city and our nation. To ever be praying. To ever be expecting. And lastly and above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you and I are running for. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Stu. Amen. Thank you, my friend. Love you lots. Beautiful, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Fantastic. I don't want to diminish from what Mark has said by adding on to it, but I want to encourage us in two quick things. One, Jesus never called us to do anything in isolation. And we cannot love in isolation. There is a difference between information and impartation. We can teach on something or we can impart something. And we can teach on love. We can teach on community. We can try and do it in a way that we, we're sharing information. And kingdom is not about information. Kingdom is about transformation. And transformation comes from impartation. So it's not about information. It's about impartation. Otherwise, people just get giddy with head knowledge. That's where we get caught up with our Facebook pages, with our Instagram feeds, with how many likes we have. And that doesn't change lives and family and community. What changes lives, family and community is the impartation. When we go and we share love, where we go and we pick up a baby, where we give somebody a cuddle, where we actually do something faith without works is dead because that is just a religious attitude i'm going to talk to you until you blew in the face about how much you and i should love one another but it's the impartation where we go and we demonstrate and we do what jesus called called us to do and when we go and we do that when we go and we empathize when we love when we do community when we support one, one another even in family, we say, I love you enough to arrive. I love you enough to partake. I love you enough to pray. I want you to encourage us for the next season. I'll just, we mustn't put any emojis on. I'm praying for you. Don't even text. I want voice messages in future. I am actively praying for you. Why? Because the frequencies of our words have weight and kingdom, not just what we thrash out on, on a text message. And so even in our small groups now, can we encourage one another? Are you loving enough? If not, what are you going to do about it? Are you laughing enough? And this is where I have the benefit of having people like Mark, John Hutchie, Johan Vermeulen and others, where we just Siamese twins, I laugh, they cry. And, but the reality is it becomes my excuse, you know, and I need to, I need to learn to love but are we loving enough? Are we, lo are, are we laughing enough? And are we making a difference? And friends, you can only make a difference in community. You can only make a difference by actually doing something. It's not what, what, what would Jesus say. It's not even what would Jesus do. It's who would Jesus be? Jesus would be the lover. Jesus would be the encourager. Jesus would be the friend. Jesus is the provider. Jesus is the banner. Jesus is...
Thank you for listening.